0: An upcoming comedian who recently won the CBC Next One contest, proving that he's not just one of the upcoming comedians in Vancouver, but in the entirety of the Great White North. This is Alice Ogden. Welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, good to have you. for having me.
1: Yeah, Thanks awesome. So
0: much. Yeah. We uh, write these little we intros. We write them, and then
2: we forget them, and then we yeah. throw them out, and then we just go from there.
0: Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. we <laughs> learned that. We lear- it's the only thing that we've learned from Gian Gomeshi.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so uh when you're the next one um you're basically now like the up-and-coming comedy messiah of of uh canadian comedy how does that feel for you
3: um i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't say that i could, i mean because number Whoa, one humble it's, it's, the, it's the next up competition it's not the next oh, one fuck. competition so <laughs> <laughs> no one, no one knows what it is. I, I actually pronounced it wrong when uh, they were interviewing me for it, like for the um, the little digital video series that they did for the <laughs> CBT Next Up. I called it Up Next. <laughs> they, just, they didn't do a great job branding it. I think so. Like I won the prize in the competition and stuff, but it didn't really equate to much of a bump mm. anywhere other than just having like a couple more comedy credits that's about it unfortunately yeah.
0: i i guess you need to like i guess the real barometer of what it means is who was up next last year
3: oh there's there hasn't been that was the first and o- yeah. maybe only time they do that competition
0: wow. uh which i
3: guess makes it more special sort of yeah yeah but it also i think the reason they did that is because they realized they had no idea what they were doing <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. that's
0: that's probably true um a it's always people, nice I to be sorry i
3: was just gonna just... say that a lot of people have a certain idea of what comedy in canada is they're like oh we'll just put out the call for like a next the next big comedian and then um they they realized they actually had a lot of parameters because it is CBC. So, you know, you couldn't swear too much. You couldn't say anything that was like super blue. You couldn't mm. um, do all of these things. And then they also didn't want anyone who was already established as a comedian. So they didn't want anybody who was like, good, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't good, want man. anybody that was like so good that they'd already been um, discovered and were, was a professional comedian. They didn't and but then also everybody who applied just like had barely any comedy experience and i was lucky enough that i was in that sweet spot between um being established and being a nobody like i i store i had like a solid you know 10 15 minutes of material and so uh, i just yeah it worked out <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah and you got a televised set out of it right or did you go to halifax
3: yeah, I went to Halifax. Yeah. It was um it's crazy. It was a real whirlwind. It was like the, I think the applications were in January and then the competition was like February through March and then they announced the winner and then the um, Halifax Comedy Festival was at the end of April that year. That was 2 years ago now.
2: Nice.
1: Yeah.
3: And the, yeah. they only just aired the Halifax Comedy Festival stuff back in like um, uh, December or November of this past year. Um, I'm not sure why they were holding on to them for so long, but
0: <laughs> right,
3: they're on CBC Gem now. <laughs> so when so,
0: you're when you're in the like process of doing the competition, like are they going to your sets or do they put on shows or are you literally performing to like three people?
3: Um, it was a super weird competition. Yeah. It was not, there's the, the main like every year competition in Canada is called serious, uh, serious XM top Comic competition. And for that, they have like specific, you, you send in a tape and then they have a um, series of audition shows in like big cities in Canada and then through that they pick the top um like three from each audition and stuff and and then everybody has to vote online and then everybody goes and does a show in um Toronto and then they crown the winner there so it's a, a lot for that competition for CBC next up they were like yeah we're just gonna do it all online we're gonna make you do all of the work so like i just had to go to local shows in vancouver record my sets uh or uh, like recorded one joke submitted that then i had to get people to vote for me based just uh, on that like single joke they had to do a couple of like challenges so like you had to write and record a joke like within a week um and then another you had to write another like written joke um on twitter or whatever it was it was weird it was like (laughs) um it was like uh very clearly you know someone who just like fancied themselves a social media manager just like taking on the comedy world it was kind of strange but i guess i did a good enough job to convince based on literally three jokes i convinced people that i should have a five minute televised tv set so and the set went pretty well to be fair. I think that I hopefully um, did well enough, but it was a very bizarre uh, whole process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: The stuff like nice voting online, they, uh, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say it's always nice when like uh, the higher-ups turn your art form into a competition. That's always always for
3: sure and the the (laughs) weird part too was the 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 promotion that they were doing was like so intense but then the actual competition was not particularly rigorous at all like i remember the the a few days before they chose like the winner uh, they had like a top 10 or something um Mm -hmm. where everybody had to vote again something like that They, they on cbc comedies Instagram they had like a promotional thing where they went through the hallways at at CBC and they showed like the headshots of all of the famous Canadian comedians you know so it's like Jim Carrey and Rick Mercer and like uh, Donald Mike yeah Norm MacDonald Mike Myers like all of the most famous people like even people who are famous around the world you know, yeah. and then they show this like empty portrait, and there's like, who's gonna be next up? Was, like, <laughs> Are you serious right now?
0: <laughs> that's that's fucking brutal. <laughs> like I told,
3: I told one joke, the one joke, actual good joke that I had that I still will sometimes do uh, from the competition was uh, a joke about how I look like a ghost from World War <laughs> Two. <But, laughs>
1: that
2: one
0: uh, tickles me yeah you do, that. you do you do
3: <laughs> well thank <laughs> you uh, i mean yeah. i mean
0: that in the best way like i could see you in a black and white photo holding like a <laughs> standardized rifle and just kind of looking all yeah, look yeah all i like,
3: mean i think, yeah. I think like the a thing 17 about, year
0: old boy ready to murder
3: <laughs> yeah and it's like not clear which side i would be on you know I think that's... <laughs> yeah but but yeah, that's the only joke that I that they that was actually good that was in that festival and then they want me to be the next like Jim Carrey or whatever.
1: It's a lot of pressure. But...
3: <laughs>
0: Guess yeah. I will. They really want me to, you know. <laughs> yeah. The next person who hasn't done stand up in 35 years.
2: Yeah. The guy who just paints all day in his garage. Yeah. (laughs) I mean that's
3: kind of what I have had to do this year. (laughs) Just Uh, the transition from pre-famous Jim Carrey to post famous Jim Carrey. Yeah,
0: yeah. You skip Uh, the middle part. Skip the middle part. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How's that been for you? Is it hard not getting up on stage?
3: Yeah, it's been it's been weird. Um there there was a real like identity crisis there for a while, you know, uh, where I was like, you know, I can't really call myself a comedian anymore. You know, even before um, the pandemic I was having to um, like, I felt like in order to call myself a comedian, I would have had to be doing a set that night, you know, otherwise I don't really feel like a comedian, but um, yeah. So I, uh, I've been sort of trying to keep, the gears turning and, and keep myself sharp, like writing sketches and stuff. And then I work for um, Blind Tiger Comedy, uh, that, which is like an improv and sketch school in town. But I don't, like, I'm not teaching for them. I'm just doing mm. their, their social media and some like producing work. Um, so it's, I've been doing a lot of comedy adjacent stuff. Um, but I, yeah, it's it's been very strange. I miss it a lot.
2: Yeah. yeah. Alistair had some like great shows right before the pandemic. Like uh, Comedy Pants was like one of my favorites to watch. Um, there were such like really cool, interesting shows, and uh, and I would usually see Alistair at this like open mic I do uh, called Magic Mike, which was a lot of fun. It was like um, off Davy Street, which is known as the Gaberhood in Vancouver, and it was a really cool crowd. It was a weird crowd, but I really enjoyed it
3: well thanks yeah. yeah no magic Mike magic clock was was fun it was um you know uh it was, <laughs> despite it being in like a super friendly neighborhood it was a very tough open mic <laughs> <It was> not, <laughs> not easy by any stretch of the imagination but yeah me and um uh and jenny. jenny jenny hall now uh we we would co-host that that show and um mm-hmm. definitely learned a lot <laughs> performing to like eight people or whatever but there were some very sort of intimate shows there it was really nice yeah Yeah, I miss that place too
0: that's the thing about stand-up comedy is like supposedly the rule with live performances because when I was a kid I did some plays is that you only go on stage if the amount of people in the audience are greater than the amount of people that are in the play but with stand-up if there's one person there you still gotta you still gotta go up if you follow that rule you know what I mean
3: oh yeah yeah that's um yeah I mean it's still I feel like there should be the amount of people that would be in a play in the audience for a stand up <laughs> show if that makes sense like you could yeah. do a stand up show for three people but it's probably gonna be bad
2: you yeah. know it's <laughs> like <laughs> this
3: it's show does not
2: I, this show does not follow that rule we have two people on the show and only one other person listens to it so you know <laughs> It's not a hard and fast rule with I think anyways.
0: Yeah, we're considered I mean, the worst podcast <laughs> in the world. I was
3: trying to actually figure out what the vibe of this podcast is. Like I it's not like I did a lot of research, but you know, just based on the name alone, Stud City, I was like, I don't know I is yeah. it, am I gonna have to be talking about sex lifting
2: weights? <laughs> no. We're just like <laughs> <laughs> we we just have inflated egos of ourselves. it was this or clout kings no, no. what was the other one
0: that, oh yeah we were gonna call the podcast the ugly the ugly and the ugly as well
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then our guests would be like am i ugly what
1: the, yeah? yeah. <laughs> so
2: yeah. we're still figuring out this is like our 11th episode we're still trying to figure out the fucking vibe but it's a lot of just you know shit talking um that sort of thing. Do you guys have segments? Um, we do have segments. Okay. What um, segment get, is this? So this is the uh, twenty-minute introduction, which we just uh-huh. finished. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do I'm have producing some f- this show now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Finally, um, I do. Um, my first segment for today is not really anybody can participate in. But my family has started listening to the podcast and um, they are getting pissed off at some of the shit I've been saying. So I have some fact checking to do based on our first episode. Um, So to clarify, my dad is not vegan. He's vegetarian. Whoa, big difference. Your dad's vegan,
0: dude. He's lying. I know. They told me he was vegan. Dude, I fucking know your dad is vegan. I can sense it from you to me. I can sense that your dad is vegan. 100%.
2: Alistair, if you don't know my dad, he's like a giant retired police officer.
3: So classic vegan material. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, older people call it vegan. My mom calls it <laughs> vegan, and no matter how many times we, um, we'll say the vegan, she just she doesn't she doesn't clock it. She calls it vegan.
0: I can gar- I can guarantee you, my mother doesn't know what a vegan is. I can guarantee you. I can it's guarantee a pretty
3: that. new thing. Everyone just kind of jumped on. Everyone was like, "Yeah, I know what it is I know what it is." I feel like a little, yeah, every, you know, there's vegetarians, pescatarians, mm-hmm. presbyterians. Everyone's like, "Yeah, we know what <laughs> yo, all these things
0: mean." know, one time I was dating a girl who was vegan, and my dad invited us over for dinner. And I was like, "Dad, she's vegan," and my dad was like, oh, okay, gotcha. I'll make something different." And we went over there and we ate this beautiful meal, and it all seemed vegan to me and then afterwards i think i wanted to get a recipe or something for my dad turns out my dad had put cheese in literally everything we ate Oh uh, no! And, and i was like dad i said she was vegan he was like yeah i know it fucking i just put a little cheese it's not that big of a deal is it anyways that was <laughs> one of the many died. secrets like <laughs> was one of the many secrets i kept from her
3: <laughs> wow yeah that's i mean it's at least it's not it's not like an it's literally like what they won't know won't hurt them you know exactly the vegans really it's a state of mind yeah
0: <laughs> i've lived my life with that mantra what they don't know won't hurt them <laughs> so alice so or
2: the you're from check. yeah oh second fact check and i gotta look this up because maybe this is wrong My sister claims that Netflix did not convert my family into veganism. My mom's oncologist did. And I should probably look up what an oncologist is. It's a cancer doctor, I
3: think.
2: Okay. Well, this uh, podcast just took a real sad turn. Sorry, everybody. Um, Anyway, doctor just for uncles. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor for uncles and oncologists?
0: Yeah, they need a special doctor. Jesus Dude, do uncles have a specific need I'm an uncle I have specific needs that I need to my own <laughs> practitioners don't be a fucking asshole man. Uh, um,
2: well that's one of our segments we got some other shit coming up we got riddles that are impossible that I write but uh, first uh, Alistair you're from Victoria right
3: actually well not exactly so I, I am originally from um, I was born in Toronto lived there till i was two then i moved to burnaby british columbia then to port moody british columbia when i was 13 and then okay. graduated from port moody secondary then went to victoria for university and then came back to vancouver and been living here since um 2018
2: okay so you went <laughs> to uvic <laughs>
3: yeah yeah so from the comedy scene a lot of people still think i am from victoria because it's kind of hard to explain right i'm not exactly like i my comedy birth came in victoria that's where i started comedy so so in in that respect i'm from victoria
2: (laughs) so you took creative writing i think at uvic so we got some real collegiate people here because i went to film school here in art institute uh Bo took journalism at um, Baghdad Community College. So <laughs> it's a real meeting of the minds here. You know, we got some galaxy brain going on here. That's not true.
0: That's not true. I took one journalism course. I have like a grade nine education. It's really funny. For a professional writer, I am horrendously uneducated, like horrendously.
3: At Baghdad Community College, that's that's the part you're not going to fact check. It's not true. I
0: didn't go to Baghdad Bagh for community college i went to baghdad because of the culture (laughs) was that before or after thailand i did live in thailand for a year
2: that's true nice
3: but you haven't been to iraq no okay i just want to (laughs) clarify
2: lying to me anyways no i don't
3: Uh, know your guys's backstories so (laughs) i'm in a pretty pretty vulnerable uh situation uh, at the moment like alistair just assuming which rifts and bits
0: just assume everything that comes out of both of our mouths is just complete fucking bullshit especially cody (laughs) Uh, um
3: well
2: uh, what were you gonna say
3: i have no idea what i was gonna
1: say
2: (laughs) This this is gonna be a ridiculous show just tighten your shoes um well i guess i was gonna ask you i thought you grew up in victoria so i was gonna ask you but maybe you have have you ever visited the beacon hill petting zoo are you aware of this place
3: yes i i've got a sort of weird story about the beacon hill petting Zoo. i haven't been into the beacon hill petting zoo but i acted uh in a music video that was filmed uh, just near the beacon Zoo.
2: really who was the artist yeah. Do you know uh,
3: her name's Patricia Garner. She's just like a local Victoria singer. Oh, yeah okay. it was um it was just uh, kind of a w- weird shoot because like I, I literally just took uh, like an acting for non majors class at Uvic like I was not an actor. At all. I did stand up but uh, Patricia was in the class and so. Um, she asked me to uh, act in her music video um, opposite uh, a literal model. Um, and yeah, it was, it was strange because, you know, like, when you're an actual like actor and it's like a professional production and they want you to like be intimate with someone, I feel like it's like, sure, you know, we'll just, it's, that's the job. Uh, mm-hmm. But when it's just like four people, Filming a music video, it just feels—I uh, don't know—uncomfortable. Right, <laughs> like I'm not. know uncomfortable i am not i am not good in romantic situations in real life. So doing it for for the camera was um, very strange. You know, there's there's one of those shots um, in the video. We, you know, in like every romantic movie where uh they've got someone's high uh, underneath the sheets you know you you see like the the point yeah. of view and you look at the love of your life underneath the sheets and the sheets are like billowing and stuff so i i was in one of those um where they literally i'm just like lying in bed trying to look intense and they're just like billowing the
1: sheets <laughs> <laughs>
2: did they have like a boombox of the sound like the song going on over and over again sort of thing set the mood
3: um no because we didn't have to lip sync or anything it was oh, kind of okay. like a storyline um it was like a sort of a romance, like like two people make eye contact at a party and then the story is like what if they got together but then they don't at the end um gotcha. yeah and also uh, during that a music video Uh, yeah for sure for sure definitely definitely got a lot of tears flowing with my performance (laughs) Uh, yeah there's definitely some melodrama. you can't really tell because it's quick cuts because it's a music video but if they stayed on any of the shots they would probably be hilarious
1: because i had no idea what i
3: was doing you know there's a scene where i'm supposed to like storm out just like i smack like i think a red solo cup off of the counter or something (laughs) like that I don't know, yeah, it was a fun time. But yeah, at the in the scene where I'm um, like, it's a New Year's party and I make eye contact and then we have like this like kiss. Um, the When we filmed that kiss scene, um, the model's like actual boyfriend was there. And uh, so it, we had a few like extras and people on like the band was there and he was like sort of one of the extras so he was just like there just like watching us kiss and he was this like big very intense dude and so yeah he was just like staring daggers at me the whole time when and they're like okay action and i just go in i'm like i'm I'm so I'm sorry, sir.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Permission to act,
1: please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: You should have uh, asked him for pointers. Like what type of shit does she, she, she like? <laughs> he would have loved that.
3: <laughs> tongue, no tongue.
1: What, I, what am I going for? Here? <laughs> Hand yeah, yeah, yeah. goes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah. yeah. But you've acted in a couple of things. Like you uh, did an Amazon commercial and, uh,
1: yeah, cool, I've done a couple
3: see. of things since then. Generally, I just play the. Um, well, I think that music video was the one sort of departure from that, where I was like supposed to be a genuine love interest. But most of the time, it's just like, oh, this guy's kind of a dork, but sort of adorable <laughs> dork, you know. That's that's yeah. my my type, I guess. So that's what I I sold out for a commercial for um, Amazon for. <laughs> uh, it's not. I was on, boy man. on train.
2: Boy on train. Mm -hmm. Uh, That might be the title of this episode.
3: That's fun. I like that. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it was a weird audition process. It was um, the 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 character description when I went in for the audition. I didn't know that it was an audition for Amazon. They didn't tell me ever. I think I just Mm -hmm. like kind of figured it out. Um, But the the it said boy on train, and then the description was just. Um, Daniel Radcliffe type, uh, and then in all caps it said, "Not the best looking guy." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, oh, okay, so I probably won't probably won't Wait, get a call." Your back. agent actually did, sent you. Then...
2: Did your was sorry? Did you reach out <laughs> for that role of not best looking, or did your agent actually send you that?
3: No, the agent put me up for it. <laughs> 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 yeah my agent put me up for it that was the first audition i'd ever done in my life um it was really awkward um the the audition was uh, there was a whole bunch of people there and um they you they paired everybody off like guy and girl and then you had to sing along with um the song it's i get it's i can only i can't remember the name of the song. some other Everybody
1: needs oh, yeah.
3: somebody, and so um, it's it was a song from Blues Brothers, and so we had to sing the song together, or like we would sort of sing along with the song together, like where we bump into each other and then eventually sort of warm up and start dancing. And but they gave us the song like literally 15 minutes before you got called in. They didn't tell you the song or anything. So you weren't, you didn't have it memorized. You didn't like know what the dance was gonna be. And so I think I was just like so awkward in the audition, just like so uncomfortable and just like genuinely intimidated by everything that um, that I got a call back. And then, um, you know, again, both of the, the like the, the girls that they had that were like girl on train, I guess, were both just like very confident like really knew what they were doing they're both from la and so i just like didn't talk to them or look at them until we went in for the audition and then i like you bump into them and you look at them for the first time and i that was like my equivalent of method acting where you just like look at an attractive person for the first time and you're and they're like very they really know what they're doing and you're just kind of like okay (laughs) and the director who who was in the um the callback, he was I think what he said the first take that we did, he was like, I think we just captured pure awkwardness. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's what got me the the role of not the best looking
1: guy.
0: <laughs> Auditioning is so fucking whack. Cody, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I was a child actor for a summer. You have
2: told did me you know this, but this about... Alistair doesn't yeah. know this. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I was a child actor for for a summer and I booked a role on a show called Dead Like Me. It was like a big HBO show show. But I didn't know I booked it until I was on a camping trip. And my dad was like, Oh, by the way, you got that role in Dead Like Me. And I was like, What the fuck? Are you serious? I'm like I'm 10 years old. I'm like, that's amazing. He was like, Yeah, you're supposed to be there right now shooting. And I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> and my dad was like, but I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said no, because we're going camping. And I was like, Dad, are you <laughs> fucking serious right now, Dad? Are you fucking serious, man? I was like, yeah, I mean, this is Father's <laughs> son time. We can't miss out on this. I was like, Dad, I, sometimes I think back and I'm like, would my life have been any different? Although to my dad's credit, the scene was cut out of the the show. I watched the. Episode it was, it was I love the
3: I love the image of uh, like ten year old you just like looking like Haley Joel osmond just being like what <laughs> the fuck,
0: Dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the great thing about it, the great thing about it was that um, was that uh, uh I it's similar to your audition story. My character description was uh, I w- played a kid who gets his Halloween candy stolen. <laughs> and and it said like um fat kid like can't run shouldn't be able to run very
1: fast. <laughs> I, had oh to, like,
0: I had to like run away. And the only thing I remember about the actual audition was that halfway through they stopped it and they're like, dude, you're just you're smiling. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, you're supposed to be, like, scared. You're supposed to be getting bullied right now. And I was like, okay. And I tried it, like, four more times, and I just couldn't stop smiling because I was so happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's,
3: yeah, I mean, and you, but you still got it. So you just were that adorable I, little I, kid. I
0: fucking got it, yeah.
3: Nice. I, well, uh, no, I
0: didn't. Somebody else got it. But right, I did but, get offered the role.
3: Yeah, yeah. You're, <laughs> you were too um, exclusive at that point, you know. You're only yeah. you were only taking um uh, feature films, so lead roles. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: I was yeah, like, I did, sorry. The- I'm a little busy.
3: you got to go camping, filming yeah. The Revenant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I was like at this point in my I was like at at this point in my career, family is the most important thing to me. <laughs> <so>.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The other two, I had like two or three other auditions after the Amazon one. I just bombed all of them. That was honestly a fluke. My my agent dropped me. <laughs> this oh summer. really?
1: Oh shit. Yeah, dude.
3: I think it, it's because it's because I was like signed with an agent, but I was just on their commercial roster. So I was basically with like the assistant was the one representing me, and then the mm-hmm. assistant stopped working or like moved away or something, and they couldn't hold on to you know their prize talent so i'm shit, man it's so busy
2: out now that i know play. that sucks there's like like a, actually like a shit ton filming like in town now yeah oh
3: yeah. i know yeah i i need to it's basically like i don't have any acting experience and i don't have mm-hmm. quite enough like um uh, like co- com- comedy experience to to be like hey you know take me on i can act um yeah. so i i get i should just i should just bite the bullet and just apply straight for commercial rosters but i've been applying for like principal talent but this is all very in the weeds you you guys got a lot of there's the, a lot of industry listening to this podcast
2: yeah well w- well i work in the industry um as like an assistant to like a producer, and we're both screenwriters. Bo's just famous, or like friends with a famous guy. So that's what he's got going on. We're we're a lot like the outskirts of like people in entourage. That's our you're, that's our jam. You're
3: friends with a famous guy? Is it Beck Bennett? Because I'll yes. be honest, <laughs> when I saw the email from Bo Bennett, I like I stopped for a second. I was like, "Is this this is the guy from SNL?"
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: yeah i go by
0: a i go by a pseudonym for this podcast Mm -hmm. but yeah i am beck bennett yeah i just um, i die it down for snl and then i I bring the weight back up for the podcast and then die it down for snl that's kind of yeah yeah. whenever i tell somebody after
2: whenever i tell somebody i have a podcast with bo bennett they're like oh i know him like no you don't he's a
1: psycho
2: (laughs) (laughs) a lot of our show is just bo admitting to crimes
0: yeah, that's true. I've done a lot of shady, shady stuff in my life. Um, what's one that you haven't said on the we were... show yet? Well, I was this actually doesn't have much to do with me. This is more of a story about my father, but I, I wanted to tell okay. it when we were talking about Davy Street because this is pretty funny. So in the newspaper Extra, somebody wrote an article about the history of Davy Street and why it's become like a gay empire street which is fucking awesome and in the article they talk about the fact that there's this like folklore about um premier davy and that he was a notorious um the first open homosexual in the history of like bc government or some shit like that right and about i don't know 20 years ago my dad wrote for the west ender he was, he had an opinion piece in the West Ender that was incredibly controversial. He said a lot of crazy shit in it. And in this article on Extra, they found that the first mention of Premier Davy being an open homosexual was in an article that my dad wrote. And and my dad sent me the article. Was like, yeah, I just made that shit up. And it's been like re it's been rewritten in like academic papers. It's been rewritten in like hundreds of articles and it's all just stemmed from my dad's article where he just couldn't he didn't know what to write. So he just wrote an article about Premier Davy owning a bathhouse. Look how Dang. easy to spread fake news. <laughs> yeah, it's <entirely> <laughs> What year was that too? When my like dad wrote it? Probably. No, 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 no. Probably in like 98 or something jesus what a (laughs) (laughs) salacious
3: i mean I, i worked as a journalist for a little while and i know that for a fact like so much like there's not enough writers in bc so it's like super hard to actually get like sources and stuff like that yeah so you know a lot of times you'll just like google something and then you know the the farthest back you can go is like an article from um the, the like, 2000s or something you're like i guess that's just the gospel that's just what we're gonna go with <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah yeah you quickly learned that almost everything is fake
3: yeah it's uh yeah it's weird
0: what <laughs> was your
2: like journalism like like any uh, crazy shit happened to you or get in trouble at all
3: um uh, well i did <laughs> I worked for Victoria Buzz, which is, like, okay. Victoria's daily hype. Um, and uh, I just wrote, like, loads and loads and loads of articles. Um, so, unfortunately, I didn't get to spend that much time on any particular article because it was just, like, so fast. You know, just like, the modern sort of newsroom, I guess. Um, but one article that um, was kind of bizarre is it, people, like... There, there are three things that people despise or at least used to in victoria when i worked there um uh the mayor lisa helps oh um, yeah bike lanes just generally they hate bike lanes and they also hate uh how much money their uh, johnson street bridge cost
1: because
3: <laughs> it was like this decade-long saga where they were supposed to get this bridge and then you know there was delays and it cost like you know, two or three times how much it was supposed to. And then, um, all this stuff happened. And, and then, um, there was, uh, sort of bizarre, like the, the things people do to try to take down the small town mayor It was like <laughs> hilarious, bizarre. And like sometimes pretty messed up, but, um, like, uh, so one of the big articles that I did, or at least that I was proud of was, um, about how there was like a sort of competitor of ours, almost. They were like w- much less reputable, but they were had a big following on social media. And they were the Times, Victoria, Victoria, oh, no. <laughs> they were called Victoria BC Today. They were literally <laughs> just like a blog some guy had, but he built up a bunch of followers. But I don't know, posting pictures of like ducks at Octon Point or something like that. And just really, yeah, just picture I don't know. And so he started posting about how, um, the, the mayor Lisa helps had specifically, um, she, she had banned Airbnb, but was supposedly running an Airbnb out of her house.
2: (laughs) This is such a Victoria controversy. I was trying to be like, a gotcha,
3: you know, just like, Oh, she's banned Airbnb, but she's running an Airbnb in her. I was like, I mean, it, first of all it was like why would she ban Airbnb then? You know, why would yep. she do that? Because she she's making money. And then it was also like uh she, basically she lived in part of a house that, you know, a big house in the Fernwood neighborhood, I think. And then there was this um uh mother and daughter that lived in the other part of the house and the 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 Victoria BC today just talking about like insinuating that there was some kind of like lesbian like the two of them (laughs) were in a lesbian relationship and stuff but I so I wrote this whole article just like debunking this insane claim um and uh yeah I think I think Victoria Buzz actually like amalgamated Victoria BC today's following and just like got rid of whoever was running that account eventually we just like ate them up so nice that, yeah this is a, good, a, but yeah
2: i love how victoria yeah. specific this show is show's getting because like i'm born in victoria and all my family lives there so <laughs> it's like the controversy on my like dad and uncles will talk about will be like hey this fucking guy that works for the city bought a wood chipper with our money and then they'll just like rag on that for the, weeks and people weeks.
3: hate <laughs> the local government there the funny thing too to me is that people would comment on the articles anything like that might have been about Lisa Helps they called her Mayor Moonbeam as though that that's like the big like um like it's a, that was their equivalent of calling Donald Trump a cheeto they're like oh it's Mayor Moonbeam but like moon that's such a cool name you know like
1: moonbeams <laughs> yeah, are sick cool have
3: you seen a moonbeam they're beautiful like why would you yeah. insult someone by calling yeah, them yeah. That? But uh, but Alistair, yeah, you did weird.
0: you did something you you did something that I've always wanted to do, and I just want to know viscerally how it felt. I've always <laughs> wanted to crush a small business in my hands. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call them a small business. It was basically yeah, yeah You someone... crushed them. You crushed <laughs> them, Alister. Nailed them some... to the boards.
3: It was some man yeah. in like the middle of Vancouver Island who was just uh making money off of uh, Google ads like clickbait <laughs> stuff you know like yeah. that's all that it was is him him trying to like get the dying like you know he cuz he had like 40,000 followers and then he'd get like 20 likes on something you know like maybe yeah. 100 if it was like really scandalous you know so he like really wasn't using the platform well at all um but yeah that's that that uh i think they, they probably paid him out like it was after my time that they they took over but uh yeah it was um it was weird I, lo- I could talk about Victoria local politics and stuff for for ages. I still write the um the April Fools articles for Victoria Buzz, so um, oh, cool. I'm hoping I'll be able to write the one this year. the fir- first year I wrote one it was the year the Johnson Street Bridge had just been completed and it had just opened, and the article I wrote was uh, johnston street bridge to to be converted entirely into bike lanes. <laughs> that, got the, that got the people riled up. <laughs> um, yeah, there was that, and then there was one, one year where um, there was like a a gnome. There was like a gnome that was going to be like demolished somewhere oh. in the middle of Vancouver Island.
1: Yeah, like a off giant the highway. Gnome. It was like
3: you know one of those small town attractions, and <laughs> they the people didn't want uh, them to get rid of it. And so I wrote an article saying that the John A. McDonald statue out front of city hall was going to be <laughs> replaced by the giant gnome. <laughs> um, and then this last year I wrote um, an article about uh, how Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's Vancouver Island mansion uh, was up for sale, uh, but it was filled with suits merch <laughs> just like (laughs) random suits shit everywhere you know like bits of carpeting from the set just like all this random garbage from suits (laughs) and you had to buy it with the house you couldn't get rid of it (laughs) (laughs) just anything to rile up uh, the population of Victoria
0: what are you thinking this year man April 1st is coming up
3: Uh, I don't know I haven't really thought about it yet you know and I'm not sure I need to check in on on the pulse of uh, Victoria local politics, I know there was a little scandal there because one of the um, the city councilors went to Africa to visit his family or something like that. You know, like it's a real stretch to mm-hmm. that people were mad at him for that. You know, is like it was like of all of the you know um, people you know you've got like uh, politicians in Alberta or whatever who were just like going to Mexico or whatever, and he went back to Africa for like the the first time since he had emigrated here to like visit his family or something like that. You know, it was like very heartwarming story, but everyone's like, Oh, he shouldn't have gone because of <laughs> COVID. And it's like, I mean, I guess, I guess not, but like,
1: also, yeah, I don't know if you know, you know <laughs>
3: anything
0: about, I don't know if they I'll know anything mean, about Africa, but there's worse shit you can get in Africa than COVID. I'm just going to be completely <laughs> honest. <laughs> yeah. I don't, My friend I don't got
3: know malaria story, three times. <laughs> yeah i don't know the whole story with him but i feel like people do yeah. ju- people are just ready to get mad at anything in victoria at this point no, you, don't just, have to, you
2: don't have to spoil got, your april fools 2021 idea to our one fucking listener so
3: well <laughs> i don't know what it is yet i'm, I'm workshopping <laughs> it with you guys right now i mean you know, the, the low-hanging what fruit about- i guess is like anti-maskers and stuff because they they have their Their regular little tiny protests there and and whatnot, but I don't know if I even want to
0: give those people any credence. Yeah, what about yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, we're gonna say, I was gonna say, what about Mayor Moonbeam officially changes their name to Mayor Moonbeam (laughs) (laughs) and then then, like write a fake article about it, you know?
3: That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I'll see if if there's any like um big news story that comes up, usually I try to play on that, but. If not, that's that's a good one. And I do like messing around with names. That's something that's a lot of fun, you know? Because you you just quote anybody. You just make up a stupid name. And then when people are, like, quoting them in the comments section, they don't realize that it's April Fool's and shit. Like, it's so mm-hmm. ridiculous.
2: <laughs> I know one thing that people in Victoria love to shit on is the people that are homeless in Beacon Hill Park. Or it's just, like, it's, like, a, a bit of a tent city. So, you know, like a heartwarming twist on that would be nice. Like like oh, they fix somebody's what bike.
0: About, what what is the what is the park called? Beacon Hill Park. Beacon Hill Park. What about um all homeless people living in Beacon Hill Park given iPads <laughs> <laughs> for for their Zoom meetings.
1: I um, mean, there's some kind of
3: like petting zoo joke there, I'm sure, but that's a little dark for <laughs> for local news. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh god. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know what you know what's crazy my about da- Beacon Hill by- Park? Sorry, Cody. This is a, a true story about Beacon Hill Park that my family has passed down on me. It is apparently my aunt's it's a giant park if you've never been there, Bo, like right in downtown Victoria. But apparently my ancestors used to own it and then they sold it to the government but i have no fucking clue what happened to that money at all because like i grew up fairly poor and it's like i'd ask my grandma i like what happened to this and then she'd be like i don't know your dad wanted like
3: nike shoes <laughs> that sounds like a very like white people um <laughs> legend. yeah white people just say they owned a whole park and people are like yeah i
0: guess yeah 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 cody yeah my ancestors owned alaska
1: (laughs) yeah uh um, yeah i
0: mean
3: you know maybe my my last name is ogden and there's a whole there's a whole ogden point tourist attraction so i don't know if there's there's anything to that but I mean, I, I have a weird sort of inheritance or not inheritance story. Like my, my middle name is Dickerson
1: <laughs>
3: and uh, nice. it's also my dad's middle name, my grandpa's middle name, my great grandfather's middle name, maybe even great great. I'm not sure how, back, how far back it goes, but um, it's not even clear why anymore it's not clear why my dad gave me that middle name it's just like british people um too scared to change things basically it's just yeah. like oh all of the firstborn um, men were given the middle name dickerson like we better we better <laughs> keep doing it
0: <laughs> otherwise something bad is gonna happen
2: <laughs> the ghost it's, from a war is gonna
0: come up yeah my uh yeah. My, my original name was supposed to be quentin you know? Um, So I have two great uncles, an Uncle Quentin and an Uncle Bo. And my Uncle Quentin is, like, considered one of the most successful people in um, New Zealand. He, like, worked for the government. He was, like, a big hotshot lawyer. He was incredibly bright. He had, like, a fucking Ivy League education. And my Uncle Bo is a professional gambler and pool shark person. And supposedly I came out of the womb and I spent, like, one week with my parents. And my parents were, like, he's not a Quentin. He's a (laughs) Bo.
1: Oh my God! <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like this kid's going to be a failure for sure. They knew after the first week.
1: Damn. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Harsh. But it with a middle name like Dickerson, what
0: was what, yeah. what, what what was what was elementary school like?
3: I mean, I didn't go around broadcasting that that was my middle <laughs> name. You know, you can you can hide a middle name pretty well. You don't have to tell mm, anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like Dickerson. Dickerson is like it's embarrassing, but then it also does have like, there's a weird sort of aristocratic edge to it. It's, it's a bizarre, bizarre name, um, but yeah, I just kind of tried to embrace how weird and funny it is. That's the best, that's the best way to approach uh, bizarre yeah. sounding name, I think, you know, you just kind yeah. of accept it and, and move on. <laughs> I, I'm no, not for sure. m- my kid
0: dickerson dickerson what if you named him dickerson dickerson ogden
3: that's yeah that's that's been that's been riffed that's been riffed many a time yeah figure it out really
0: i'm sorry i'm sorry (laughs) i had no idea but that is the best way to combat mean bullies is to embrace your your flaws or your insecurities you know it's
3: true yeah that's why i came on this podcast (laughs) thank you for opening up well you
0: also have a great
2: podcast too about like opening up uh called cry with me i fuck i should have wrote that down yeah i like that one a lot
3: yeah we um we're gonna (laughs) basically what happened is we started the podcast but cry with me where we talk me and my girlfriend um are the hosts and we talk about the things that make us cry and the things that make our guests cry and uh then, like three episodes in or four episodes in, um, the pandemic started, and we were like, "We can't, we can't keep doing this right now." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like as the as the world is falling apart, talking about things that are making it, it's just it was just like doubling down too much. So, been on a long hiatus since um, since the pandemic hit, but we are coming back now. We, we, you know, I got this mic stand, I got this microphone and stuff, so. Uh, yeah we have Hell a pretty, yeah, uh, proper setup
0: oh. Hopefully some, what do you recommend some for somebody sleep? who like hasn't really cried in like years
3: well I'm that's the thing is that I haven't really cried properly in a long time either um, and then my girlfriend cries like regularly she's an actor so she can cry on command if she wants to and mm-hmm. then she also is just has like a healthy relationship with crying mostly um and so that's I'm trying to figure that out through the podcast, basically through interview. Oh, that's people awesome. Man. And like seeing what what works for people, because, yeah, I definitely I have the British background and disposition, which is very like sort of stoic and nervy and not emotional at all. And, uh, yeah, I don't it's not. um, um great it doesn't feel good to not cry the times where I have cried it feels good so I'm like I want Mm -hmm. that but anytime I at this point it's been the the last time I like really cried was when my girlfriend moved uh to Toronto um because we were both in Victoria she graduated a year before I did and then she moved to Toronto when I was still in Victoria and that was when I had a like a big cry and it felt like amazing (laughs) it was really sad obviously but then afterwards i was like oh my god why haven't been doing that the whole time but then i just couldn't bring myself to do it you know it has to be like some big life-changing thing in order for me to to cry um and so yeah it's like and and now anytime i even start to well up i i am in it and then immediately my brain just goes oh look at you you're crying this is (laughs) Oh, oh my god look this stuff was, it hasn't happened in such a long time and then i start overthinking it and then i get out of like into my head and then i start i don't really
1: follow through with it i guess
0: yeah that happens. It's hard to, to me. get that real good cry
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah yeah i always get the voice of my dad in my head like you're 12 years old don't cry you know <laughs> like <Yeah>. okay <laughs> But like I don't know, I cry pretty often. And I'm much more like sensitive and emotional compared to like Bo. But like, what really gets me <laughs> crying is like sports. So I feel like I'm kind of get a pass on that. It's like you know, you see somebody win the Stanley Cup and then their dad comes out and they have like Alzheimer's, and it's just like, oh god, you know.
3: Oh, man, sports, sports are good for that. I mean, people like like um, like Pascal, my girlfriend. She doesn't. She's not a fan of sports at all. But I try to explain to her like the the reason why I get so invested in teams Mm -hmm. is because when they win the big game or even better, when they lose the big game, that's when I can finally feel comfortable feeling very emotional and like crying about something, you know, that's like Mm -hmm. the only time guys are able to do that. That's why so many people are like invested in the Olympics. You know, it's like you don't give a shit about pole vaulting. You know, you just want to <laughs> cry a little bit.
1: Yeah. Like,
3: you just want to <laughs> you want to see the gold medalist hug their mom, you know, and just feel OK, yeah. letting the tears drip down your cheeks. Like, that's that's what it's all about. <laughs> cool.
0: Cool. I used to uh, I cried after I played like pretty competitive soccer growing up and I cried after every single soccer game until I was about six every so- soccer game I lost till I was like 16 like I would yeah. cry and then wow. um, and then I started drinking and smoking weed and I just stopped caring about soccer altogether <laughs> <laughs> we all would, my ambition we went would, out the window yeah, <laughs> we would lose and I would just be like okay cool
1: <laughs> wow yeah.
3: classic cool kid yeah. I man, I, I had some, yeah, soccer was definitely had some big cries for me growing up. Like, uh, you know, I remember one time specifically, it was like a provincial quarterfinal game or something like that, like a big game. It was zero or one. We were losing one nothing. There was a penalty for us. I st- stepped up to take it. Blasted it over the crossbar. We lost the game. We we're out of the cup, and that was like yeah. devastating. Yeah, that that's that like in my memory. I remember that being like the turning point. I was like, that I'm never gonna go pro. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like this. This, uh, how, penalty, I, you know. What I mean?
0: Uh Alistair, how old are you? I'm 25. 25. Ah, so I would have been two years ahead of you. Fuck. Okay. I was wondering if maybe we had ever played against one another, but pr- probably <laughs> not. Did you play for. I played for, well, I played for ICSF for five years, and then I played for Grandview Legion's gold team for three or four years.
3: Okay. yeah, Great. So ICSF, that's the Italian cultural team? Yes,
0: Italian cultural football something. Italian. Yeah, I always found it strange that they just,
3: it's just like an Italian cultural center. Like everywhere else, it's like a region, but then the Italians were just like, now we're going to have our own team. But then it's not even all Italians. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh, yeah. Dude, I was the closest to being Italian on the team, and I'm not Italian at all. It was me and <laughs> only East Indian people. It was that's, fantastic.
3: Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, a re- it's really all over the place. And the, the logo yeah. is an Italy flag, right?
0: Yes. Yes. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty pimp. Yeah. 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 Did you have yeah. Kappa, he, like, too like instead- the Oh, capo! Like, oh my god! Well, like at at soccer games, instead of orange slices, we'd have like uh, samosas and shit. It was dope. I'm not joking. It was it was fucking amazing. <laughs> really, wow. the best. Yeah, I you yeah. Were the team say instead of
3: orange slices, we had cannolis.
1: <laughs> Jam this down <laughs> your throat.
0: Yeah, instead of orange slices, we had spaghetti bolognese, just for, like a big rubber tub. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, no, yeah. I
3: never. I I mean, Italians aren't very much into soccer, though. I played with a lot of Italians growing up. Um, yeah, very intense about, about soccer, for sure. Um, I, I played for uh, Coquitlam, Metro Ford,
0: mostly. Metro yeah. Ford. For, for, for a group of people that love talking with their hands, it's weird that they gravitate towards a sport you can't use your hands in. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. yeah i mean they you know it frees up the hands though you
0: know to just nope. just point the ref. you can gesticulate at yeah. the ref i completely agree
2: well uh we're nearing the end of our show so might as well get to our first segment um so alistair <laughs> i write um these like trivia questions and sometimes they're riddles bo has not seen any of these and i may s- mostly just write them to the piss off bo because they don't make any fucking sense Um, but are you ready to jump in? All right, good. So the first one, Bo's dad has the plight of having British parents. This is what a German psychologist has told Bo's dad. What are three things that he might might have experienced as a kid? And Bo, you're free for feel free to jump in. This,
0: Alistair, why don't you go first? I'll go second.
3: So he has the plight of having British parents.
2: Yeah, What is some, what are three things he would have experienced as a kid?
3: Oh, um... Uh, let's see. Fish Fingers. <laughs> uh, fish Fingers? Fish Fingers. Um, uh, boarding School. Uh, <laughs> if, if not Boarding School, Boarding School Vibes. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And a stiff upper lip.
2: <laughs> what are fish fingers?
3: Fish fingers? Uh, like fish they're sticks. just like yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's some kind of white fish shaped into like a long rectangle that they call a fish finger, and you put them yeah, in the I oven. Do. I had those a lot growing up. A lot.
1: Yeah. yeah. They're
0: usually. It's usually halibut.
3: It, it's not halibut. That's way
2: halibut's too west fish coast, fingers. isn't it?
0: Or is that in, in England? I just made something up, and I was hoping nobody would call me out on <laughs> I'm it. I'm sure there apologies. are
3: halibut fish fingers, but that's for that's for like the the queen. The queen has halibut <laughs>
1: fish fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Everyone else yeah. is having like you know below whatever below cod is, where they just call it white fish. They don't even <laughs> yeah, specify. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's true. All right. Next okay, question. Okay. Uh, so three... You want to? what yeah. No, no, no. Do your three. I want to hear them. <laughs> Also, you were going to go to the next question without giving us the answer. You fucking, the fuck.
2: I don't have fuck, the man? fucking answer. It's open ended. Some of these Cody, don't always you... have an
0: answer. Okay, dude, I'm fucking sick of these segments. If you keep <laughs> this shit up, man, I'm going to fucking freak out, dude. I'm going to freak out. Right, fuck. <laughs> okay, okay, three let me, well. let me do three. Okay, OCD, <laughs> um, um, the inability to connect on an emotional level and yes that one yeah and dad never shows up to any of their soccer games (laughs) is that one true he only
3: shows up to the football games
2: (laughs) (laughs) uh english people suck okay (laughs) okay next question true or false always listen to a flight attendant during the safety announcements
3: I mean i feel like uh you know true you should you should Mm -hmm. but nobody does you know at this point i've tuned it out you know i feel like if yeah that's the you'd listen to that if it's like your first time on a plane but after that you just completely that's why they have to go in the aisles and like act it out for you it's because no one's
0: listening (laughs) I, i got an answer i got an answer i'm gonna say false okay and here's why because if the plane's going down and those oxygen things come down, those are strictly to calm you down before dying. That's what I read once, okay? Now, yeah, I saw if gonna be, club too. Yeah, if you're going to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going to be <laughs> in a plane accident and die, you kind of want to experience it before you perish, right? So, mm-hmm. I'm going to say, don't. Alright. Well, this is kind of a first
2: time, but you guys are both sort of right. The answer is false. And the reason is, the safety announcements are pre-recorded. Like Alistair said, they go into the aisle and um, act it out. So it's not the flight attendant, it's a pre-recording, but either way, you shouldn't still listen to them because they're lame.
0: Cody, that's the worst. Next, next, next. That's so fucking bad, dude. Next one, dude. um...
3: You guys are never going to get in the in-flight magazine. (laughs) You're never going to get that in-flight magazine press at this rate.
2: <laughs> um the old Fairmont hotels have small rooms. Why is that?
3: Um <laughs> this is a dumb theory, but uh is it because people used to be smaller? <laughs>
2: Bo, do
0: you want I, to try uh, this one? <laughs> um yeah I do. Um is it because people used to be smaller? <laughs> no, I, I already said that. Uh, no, really- no, no. Hold up, I got, I got, I got one. Yeah. I got one. I got one. Um, uh, um, no, I don't. I'm sorry. Okay,
2: you guys are right. People were smaller. People in the 1930s were all three feet tall.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's facts.
3: I mean, I, I mean, I know that people used to be smaller in like the the Middle Ages and stuff because they didn't have the right nutrients. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about the 1930s <laughs> i think people just pe- people just didn't need to be as opulent with the, with the big spaces and stuff they just knew how to make use of smaller spaces
0: like um, supposedly napoleon is tall was tall for that for time. back then uh, did your yeah. dad write that
2: Oh fuck you Cody. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's our trivia. We got some other dumbass questions, but I won't make you guys suffer. Uh Alistair, before we go, anything you'd like to plug?
3: Um, I think just uh just Blind Tiger Comedy. Um, yeah, if you if you want to watch a show, their shows uh, it's just like improv, sketch showcases every Friday pretty much. Um, or if you want to take an improv or sketch class, uh, Blind Tiger is the place to do that in Vancouver or anywhere now because the, the classes mm-hmm. are online. Um, and then also we're doing uh, a sort of uh, comedy festival uh, mm-hmm. online in March called the Block Tiger Comedy Festival, where you um, basically like uh, create a team of improv or, or sketch comedians You get professional coaching from the the faculty at blind tiger and then uh you go on and you you get to be part of this fun festival and like learn a lot about comedy and perform a bunch of comedy and meet a bunch of new people and it should be a lot of fun so that's march 26th and 27th if you want to be a part of it or just just watch it
2: perfect cool bo you got anything
0: on your end or dick uh my twitter page at potus has been taken down um <laughs> so i don't really have anything to pluck to be honest yeah rate and review if you got this far into the episode <laughs>
2: yeah
3: man, it's all, it's the real diehard fans are good <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah the real fact checkers all right well thank you very much have a good one man
3: thanks you too thanks for having me